That'll do it. The game may be over, but our coverage of Utah Jazz basketball is just beginning. That kid is on fire on catch-and-shoot threes right now. This is Utah Jazz game night postgame show. Bounces to Gobert, and he rocks the pass Presented by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at MarkMillerSubaru.com. Now, it's time for a complete wrap of tonight's Utah Jazz game on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. 117 to 107 is your final. The Jazz fall in game five of their best of seven playoff series with the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Jazz still lead the series three games to two. Jake Scott, Patrick Kinahan with you and PK. Let's check out the sharp stats of the game brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. The Jazz shot 50% from the field tonight, 39 of 78. 47.1% from three, 16 of 34. They were uh, led by Donovan Mitchell, who had 30 points on 11 of 23 shooting, four of eight from three. Donovan had five assists and two rebounds. Uh, Rudy Gobert and Jordan Clarkson both had 17 points apiece. Joe Ingles with 13. Uh, um, excuse me, Mike Conley had 17. Rudy Gobert had 11. And Royce O'Neal with uh, 10. But it felt to me, uh, PK, like the second half, the Jazz lost focus or intensity or there was, uh, you know, Denver had something to do with that. But it seemed uh, uh, like it was a little bit different there in the second half. Oh, it totally was. Yeah. When you're going in the 30s in the first two quarters and then only 23 and 21, it got worse. Obviously, every quarter got worse. They went 32, 31, 23, 21. And so I, I just think that you know Denver's not a good defensive team and the Jazz have had their way offensively with these guys and i think that they lost that intensity just a little bit thinking uh, we could we got this man this is not a good defensive team we're clicking the best stretch of offense we've played who knows how long since the playoff started here and i think in the mindset mentally thinking all right we can take a couple of shots here and there that maybe aren't what we're looking for offensively because then we'll just turn around and make up for it and by the time they turned around and make up for it meanwhile denver is just pushing 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 and that lead drops next thing you know they're down by two and then there's pressure and then you got somebody like royce o'neill again as it was in game one with what, a couple of minutes to go, was it he gets the ball and he's got no idea what to do with it. He's wide open. He wants no part of it. I think there was a 307 is when he got the ball. And he ends up traveling and no one's near him because he's not confident. Yeah. And that became a problem there. And then it became a possession game. And by that time, Denver had all the momentum. And I believe in momentum, particularly as you're making runs and gathering that momentum. And then once you have it, it's like, all right, and then you can close it out. And that's what Denver did. And Jamal Murray was just too tough to stop. And Quinn Snyder, we heard his comments in the last segment. He was pretty even keeled, but he did say this, PK, and it stood out. Uh, He said, we got a little distracted during the game. And he said, we lost our composure a little bit. And that's something we haven't really seen in this series thus far. Even in game one when they lost, I wouldn't say they got distracted or lost their composure. So, you know, it's maybe new experiences for a large chunk of the team, and they just couldn't finish it off. But that that's pretty telling that he used those words. Yeah, the way I look at it is I don't know that he would use this word because you can say we lost uh, 
composure, and there's there's certain keywords that you're allowed to say, and no one's really going to question you as a coach. But in my mind, they got overconfident. I don't know if he would yeah. say that because that might be too damning. But the way I looked at it in that third quarter, I just felt like they thought, "Hey, we got this. This is ours. This puppy's over." And if we does if it doesn't work here, well, we'll just get it on the next time. And meanwhile, Denver scoring, and they took that lead down in the fourth quarter it was anybody's ball game. And the Jazz get outscored what thirty five to twenty one. Obviously, the worst quarter they've played yep. in this entire playoff series through five games. PK, let's uh, check out the points in the paint brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call one eight hundred go Serta or visit SertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting. Uh, you do life uh, tonight. Points in the paint, PK. Uh, the Jazz outscored the Nuggets 46 to 36. And uh, that's not so much of a surprise. The Jazz still did a decent job, especially in the first half, getting into the paint with Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell. But, I mean, that's not where Denver's going to win and lose the game. I mean, especially with Jamal Murray doing what he's doing. And Nikola Jokic, you know, as uh, good, as, excuse me, as well as he played in the in the first half, particularly the first quarter, a lot of that was coming from outside of the paint with jump shots. So uh, that, that stat might be a little misleading tonight. Yeah, I, I think it is to an extent. And I would agree with what you said there what Denver's looking for offensively, particularly when you got somebody like uh, Jokic, who is so varied offensively. I mean, this off wrong foot fadeaway stuff, Dirk Nowitzki is saying, what the crap is this? <laughs> it's, just, it's just, he had one on the, what was it? The right baseline. It's like, he didn't even need it. And he's doing it. The guy is really something when he gets it going and he had it going. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, taking a look at uh, Denver real quick here, PK. We're talking a lot about Jamal Murray, obviously 42, 17 of 26. What an efficient 42. How about that? Uh, he had eight rebounds and eight assists. Just an incredible game. Plus 20 if you're looking at the plus minus. Minus Nikola Jokic with 31 to go along with four assists and, uh, and six rebounds. Uh, Jeremy Grant had 13. Michael Porter Jr. had 15 coming in off the bench. But it's that two-man game, PK. It's, it's yeah. Murray and Jokic, and uh, the, especially down the stretch. I mean, they don't even pretend to really run anything else. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. might catch a jump shot, but it's those two guys who they're building around, and this offense runs through both of them. Absolutely. It was so reminiscent of game one, although I don't think the Jazz played as well tonight as they did in game one. But from Denver's perspective, it was an absolute rerun of game one, and it looks like that's what they're going to need to win ball games, which for me, from the Jazz perspective, I feel pretty good about it. If these guys have two more games like they had tonight, like they had in game one, more power to you. But I just don't think that they're going to be able to do it four out of seven games. It's just too much responsibility on them. Maybe if they get Harris back, not that Harris is a big offensive guy, but he gives you another body. And you got a little bit of momentum now. So it's important for the Jazz to, I believe that they'll have a lead at some point in the second half on Thursday and then find a way to at least maintain the lead, stretch it a little bit, and then I think they'll be okay. I think they win the series. If that's not the case, we'll then flip a coin when we go to Game 7. You ever lose your composure with David James in the morning? Oh, yes. I mean, you should see me about 10.30 
every freaking morning. It's just I go nuts. Well, I know you lose your focus during the uh, the sports page. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm we, well, we got that trending. finally changed. Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> that took about 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll get you some sound from the locker room coming up right around the corner. Stay tuned. Want to remind you to go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now. Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final from the bubble. Jazz followed in the Nuggets, 117 to 107. More next on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, Patrick Kinahan with you. Jazz fall uh, tonight to the Nuggets, 117 to 107. They still lead the best of seven playoff series, three games to two. Game six coming up at two o'clock on Thursday, 2 p.m. Pre-game uh, will begin at uh, one o'clock. We'll hear from Mike Conley coming up here momentarily. PK, Mike uh, was terrific in his first two games uh, back with the Jazz after uh, going for the birth of his son. To, tonight, he was he was good, not great. 17 points, five assists. He had four rebounds, five of 12, two of six from three. He picked up two early fouls in the first quarter. I thought kind of got him off track a little bit, wasn't quite as aggressive, still salvaged a pretty decent game, but uh, the way he'd been playing, he cooled off a little bit. He did relative to the two games that he's participated in. Absolutely. And I think that you'll look at this. If this is his worst game in the series, you'll take it. You're, they're, they're going to need more out of him because he's the most likely to respond above his season to make up for the difference of Bogdanovich and obviously Mitchell and Mitchell, <laughs> he was average. Now, average being at such a high level, but particular to him, he was average. And the two guys on Denver were sensational. And the Jazz didn't have that type of help that they needed because Mitchell only, air quotes, got 30. And so Conley only got 17 as opposed to 25. You know what I mean? Where he had been a big-time threat. But it wasn't bad. He didn't look lost. He didn't look like some of those games we saw earlier in the season. So I'm not particularly worried about him. No, I uh, and, and listen, guarding guards is not exactly Denver's strong suit, right? So, I mean, if I have to bet on uh, the Jazz guards rebounding and having a better game in game six, I certainly would bet that way. Uh, with that in mind, let's go back to Orlando where Mike Conley is addressing the media. Okay, we're going to go ahead and get started here. Um, our first question tonight will be from... Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Hey, Mike. So Jamal got going there in that second half. Coach was saying that, you know, what stood out is the loss of composure in your group and the distraction. Uh, can you just walk me through kind of that stretch in, in that second half and the difference for you guys as far as that's concerned? Yeah, um, you know, Jamal, Jamal was fantastic tonight, um, especially in the second half. He really got going. And I think that um, as a team, you know, we let uh, a couple of events rattle us a little bit, whether it's fouls or not being, or, you know, offensive fouls or turnovers or, you know, not being, out, not being able to move on to the next play uh, really kind of bit us tonight because, you know, they're playing uh, you know, with nothing to lose and, um, and and really outworked us tonight. So, you know, those are things we got to take away from, from uh, tonight's game. Okay, next question will be David James, KUTV. Mike, I'm curious, they defended the pick and roll a little more aggressively there later in the game. How much did that have an impact? 
Yeah, um, you know, they really were aggressive in the pick and roll. I thought Jokic was up in a lot of the pick and rolls. Uh, their guards were really pressured up and, and trying to speed us up a little bit. Um, but I thought we handled it to the best of our ability at the time. I thought Don did a, a, a fantastic job all game. We just had a couple stretches uh, in the third and fourth that uh, allowed them to, to get momentum. And, um, you know, we have to, to watch the film, uh, learn from, you know, those, those coverages that they were throwing at us and come back with an adjustment. Next up, Ryan McDonald, Deseret News. Mike, you guys and, and you in particular have been shooting so well from behind the three-point line. It faltered a little bit down the stretch there for you guys. Is it something that you guys need to need to keep relying on and, and hope they go in, or do you need to figure something out else out so you're not so reliant on, on three-point shooting? Uh, we're going to keep shooting them. Uh, that's, that's what we do. Uh, that's what coach wants us to do. Um, but we're also a team that understands uh, how important the pain is. And uh, and we can get three-point shots off, off of penetration, dribble penetration. And for the most part, this series, we've been able to get get that penetration and getting down in the pain. And guys looking for, for each other on the you know kickouts and, and extra passes and kind of making them rotate. Um, we need a little bit more of that, you know, going forward. But I think we'll continue to shoot. I thought a lot of our looks were really good. Some of them did fall. Um, but, you know, next game, hopefully will be different. All right, Tony Jones, The Athletic. Mike, when you, you know, when you guys get to a, to a situation where a desperate team kind of makes a run at you, um, what can you learn from what happened today? As you guys said, you kind of lost composure. What can you learn going forward if you are in that position again? Well, I think not to, to let our minds get away from our task at hand. I think uh, at that time we were playing, you know, great ball. Um, we had a couple of things not roll our way. We we're, you know, talking to the officials or whatever it may be and not locked in on, on our on our game. And uh, in a situation like that, you know, the other team doesn't care what's going on in your mind. They're going to keep pushing. They're going to keep going. And, and keep fighting, and um, you know that's what teams like Denver do. They're very good, and, uh, and they're gonna—they're not gonna lay down easy. Um, it's gonna be a fight, and we understand that. Next, we have Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Mike, um, kind of talking about what Quinn had said—that you guys had lost your composure a little bit, that you guys had gotten distracted in the fourth quarter. Does that concern you that that happened? in a closeout game and moving forward, that that's when the mistakes came? Um, it's not It's not concerning because of the moment, I don't think. I think that um, that it happens. It, it will happen. And, and, and for us to um, be put in a situation now where it's 3-2 and we still have a chance to close out our next game, hopefully it's an opportunity for us to learn. You know, uh, we're not perfect. Uh, we're still learning as we go. And uh, this team has a lot of potential. So for us to have a, a situation like that tonight uh, in a big moment in the playoffs uh, is a great learning experience because if it happens tonight, it, if it didn't happen tonight, it might happen, you know, another series or another year, another time. So, um, you know, it's good that we, that, that we have to go through it. Okay. And our final question will be from Ben Anderson, KSL Sports. Hey, Mike, when the game gets tight like that and Donovan Mitchell's forced to, to match up with Jamal Murray and doesn't have it on the other side, do you feel like over the last few games you've kind of just gotten used to Donovan bailing everybody out because he's had these huge scoring performances and was the team just kind of not prepared when he wasn't there? 
Um, you know, I think I think you you know you can kind of look at it like that. I think we we expect Donovan to do Donovan things. I think everybody does, um, just as Denver expects Jamal to do what he does. So um, they had a night, and uh, and and Donovan, you know, didn't make the the, the same shots at the same moments um, that he's used to making. Um, but I, I don't think it was. You know that that stretches that that stretch at the end of the game that lost us this game. So um, we understand it's our mindset and the way we come into these games and how we can have to have to be consistent uh, throughout the, the the first, second, third quarters in order to get to the fourth with with uh, you know confidence and and that same kind of grit that we've been playing with. All righty, thank you, Mike. All right, there you go. Uh, Mike Conley, I thought uh, PK he hit on a number of interesting things, but that part there at the end, I think. Um, you know, I interpreted it as that's why they really need to get more stops. You know, can't count on Donovan going supernova just to match him shot for shot down the stretch every game because that's just impossible to do. you got to be able to to grit your teeth and get some stops when it matters the most. Yeah, and I don't think that that was their best defensive ever by any stretch. And it's hard to be able to stop guys when they're feeling it because they can hit some tough shots and – you know, I don't know that the Jazz individually with Royce O'Neal probably being their best, uh, being able to, to guard guys and just lock them down. I, I actually think the the phrase lockdown, uh, I don't think it exists with some of these offensive guys that we have in this league. They're so prolific. I think it's just super hard to do. And that's what Denver had going on, particularly obviously with those two guys, with Murray leading the way. I mean, gosh, he's got 92 points in the last two games, if my math is correct. Help me out on that. Yeah, I think you're right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thankfully, he scored 50, so it's a nice round number for me to add. (laughs) Makes it easier. (laughs) It would have been 53. I would have needed a few more minutes. But 50 on the nose, I can figure that out. And, And do I really blame the Jazz, or do I credit Jamal Murray? Well, you got to put some of the blame on the Jazz, but I think a portion of the analysis goes to credit to Murray. Yeah, he was he was great. That that 360 layup thing he did in the third quarter was really yeah. something else. Yeah. It was. Uh let's take a look at your master of the glass brought to you by Safe Flight Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert here for another year of basketball. Proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Flight also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Flight donated $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader with all proceeds benefiting the neighborhood house. The Master of the Glass today for the Utah Jazz was Rudy Gobert. PK, he had uh, 12 rebounds to go along with his uh, 11 points. He also added a uh, block shot in 43 minutes of play. Rudy played a ton of minutes because Jokic played a ton of minutes. In fact, I think they both played the whole second half. Yeah, and that's that's why I wanted the Jazz to close this thing out, to be able to get off their feet a little bit. Clippers are slaughtering Dallas right now without Porzingis, and the good thing is that's going to go six, at least two, probably only six. I would expect the Clippers. I don't know, maybe the Mavericks can do it again. Uh, but, uh, you know, you wanted that. But, hey, same deal going on for Denver, so it's not like they have an advantage over you. All right, let's throw things back to Orlando. Donovan Mitchell is addressing the media. All right, Donovan, we'll get started with uh, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Donovan, just first of all, what did you see Jamal Murray do over the course of that second half? And I know you were matched up on him at, at the end there. You know, does that take away from what you're able to do offensively a little bit late? Um, first off, before I answer that, I just want to, you know, 
we all saw the video of um, the cop shooting Jacob Blake and um, in Wisconsin, I believe it's Wisconsin. Um, I just want to say, first off, you know, I, I tweeted something that was the truth. Um, this is bigger than just the game. You know, I'm not taking anything from the game, but man, this is life. And there are times where, a lot of times, excuse me, where we say we don't feel safe. Uh, it doesn't matter how much money, it doesn't matter who you who you are. Uh, and our voices that we use down here, I think is, it's very important for us to continue using our voices. It's, it's, it's unex inexcusable um, to see stuff like that, whether, you know, the, the how do I say this? The the, um, the common excuse is, oh, you shouldn't have, you know, walked away. You know, you shouldn't have not listened to the cops. You know, that doesn't deserve you to be shot in the back, um, or excuse me, shot seven times. That's that's just inexcusable. And I think that's really what we should focus on. We need to focus on because the point of us coming down here was to create change. And I feel like we did it. We're doing a good job of that, but obviously not good enough. And it's obviously not going to happen overnight. But uh, it's 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 disgusting. And I, I don't, I really don't know how else to, to describe it, you know, as an African-American male and, and I have my sister and my mom and, and my dad and, you know, my friends and family know, when, when does it stop? When do we feel comfortable? You know, when do we feel safe? I'm not saying, you know, don't arrest the guy because he's a criminal, but man, he doesn't deserve to be shot point blank, grabbing his shirt seven times. Um, it looks like he was just shot on the street. You know, it didn't even look like it was an officer shooting. And I think that's, that's what's even crazy about it. Um, so I just want to get that uh, off my chest, and it's it's really disappointing. Um, I, I, it's, it's 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 tough, man, and I I just I just want this to stop. Uh, to be completely honest with you, and um, yeah, that's that. Um, sorry, can you go repeat your question, Andy? Andy? Yeah, I'm here with you. Um, first of all, just talk, what about what did Jamal Murray do? That's tough to guard, and then. When you're defending him, does that take away kind of your energy level on offense? Um, he, he got hot. You know, he took advantage of a, a lot of situations. You know, he, he's a shot maker. No matter who you put on, he's a shot maker. And that's, that's given him his credit. You know, he's worked at that. He, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's their go-to guy, him and Jim and Joker. And I think we, we kind of, they, they had a level that we just didn't quite reach. And I think that's just on us. You know, he did a, he did a great job getting downhill, getting to the rim, knocking shots down. Um, and for me, just trying to make it tougher on him. He hit tough shots. You know, he made tough moves, and I got to give him credit. You know, there's nothing nothing else to you. You give him his credit, and you move on to the next one. And for me, I got to be able to do both. There's there's nothing um, – I ended up dunking on the other end. Like, there's, there's nothing I, I feel like I can't do. I feel like I can defend on, on both both sides. You know, obviously, we have great defenders, and I believe in Royce and Joe and, and, and Rudy. Don't get me wrong. We have 100% confidence in them. Um, but for me, it's just like, that's what, that's what's needed. That's what's needed. I'm going to do everything my team needs me to do. And, you know, unfortunately, like I said, they were at a level that we just didn't reach. Um, they played desperate and I got to give them credit because some teams would roll over. They didn't, they kept fighting, especially being down 15. Uh, Chris and Kenny, Jazz TV. Don, coach uh, was saying that you guys had lost some composure in the third quarter little distracted and mentally not able to get to the next play at times. What did you see on the floor as far as that? And how do you fight through that knowing, you know, the next one's a big one? Um, watch the film and, and, and move on. We got to be professionals about it. Understand they take this, take this long to move on. Like I said, you got to give them credit where credit's due. They raised their level. We just didn't match it. Um, that's, that's really it. You know, nothing special. They, they've been doing that to us. We played them what eight times this year, eight or nine, eight or nine times. So we, they've, 
they've they've done that and they did a great job of that tonight. We just got to be ready to to, to attack it. And I, I had a stupid turnover to start in the third quarter. I had two or three of them um, looking for fouls, stuff that we haven't done all series. Um, and I think we just kind of got out of our character and um, we just got to come back ready ready to go. We'll go Sarah Todd Desert News. Uh, the, kind of piggybacking off that, Donovan, the fact that you guys lost your composure a little bit and you had sort of those little missteps here and there, does that concern you that that happened in a closeout game? Um, no, not at all. I think, you know, we've, we've, I think we've played a great series up until this point, you know, and I think there's going to be times where you do lose your composure. Composure. We did a great job of keeping it throughout this whole series, but there's been some games where, you know, we we could got really away, and we've been we've been good at keeping our heads in it. And you know, I think for us, we just got to go out there and continue to do what we do. And we kind of lost that tonight. I don't think it's concerning. I think for us, we just got to not overreact, uh, get right back to it, get in the gym, take our shots too. We took a, we didn't take a lot of shots, and not just in the last, in the fourth quarter, we took a lot. We just made it tough on ourselves. And I think for us, we've done a great job all series of making the right play, making the right read, and just being at a level uh, that they were at tonight. And I think we'll, we will respond. Last question is from Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Donovan, we saw some, some things from Denver's defense, especially later in the second half tonight that we hadn't seen previously in the series. Uh, you guys wind up scoring 44 points after halftime. Can you speak to just what they were doing differently and, and if that caught you guys off guard at all? What, what difficulty you had adjusting? I don't think they did anything differently. I think they just did it better. Uh, and like I said, you got to give them that credit. They turned up their intensity and we weren't ready to match it. Um, I think they played, we played at a level, we played solid all game. And we thought, you know, we, we kind of thought it was just going to continue that way. And they're, they're competitors. They're fighters over there. They're guys who, you know, don't want to go home. And we, we didn't play like we wanted to move move on in the late in the fourth quarter. They played like they didn't want to go home, uh, simply put, and you got to give them credit. Uh, but we just got to be ready to respond and be ready to have that same intensity from the jump all the way to the fourth quarter uh, next game. Thanks, Tom Don. All right, that was Donovan Mitchell tonight, 30 points on 11 of 23, shooting four of eight from three, but not enough as the Jazz fall into the Nuggets, 117 to 107. Want to remind you to go where love takes you. In the all-new, completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback, available now, Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. We'll get you some sound from the Denver Nuggets, and uh, PK and I will continue to break this one down next, right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night post-game show here on the Jazz Radio Network brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. 117 to 107 is your final from the bubble in Orlando. <clears throat> Jake Scott, Patrick Kinahan uh, with you. And PK, we just heard from Donovan Mitchell, and I thought he uh, was quite insightful when he said there in the second half that Denver just dialed it up a notch and the Jazz didn't just didn't respond. Yeah, actually, in the three interviews that we've said, we've listened to, Coach Schneider, Mike Conley, and Donovan Mitchell, all three of them basically said the same thing. And I think they're saying what we're saying, that they did lose focus in that third quarter and allowed Denver to get back into it. And instead of maintaining the lead when it was at 15, obviously it went away and it gave Denver all the momentum. And Denver thought, hey, we got this, man. We're going to win this thing. And sure enough, they did. So at a time where the Jazz needed to at least maintain the lead, extended would have been better, obviously, but maintain it or you know maybe be down maybe uh, only two or three points so the lead is 12 or 13. They were unable to do that. 
And I think it was a, lo- a loss of concentration, feeling like, hey, everything has gone our way offensively for, at that point, basically four and a half ball games. So it'll continue to do that. And they got a little too loose and casual. Let's get to the assist feature, uh, proudly sponsored by Larry H. Miller Dealerships throughout the Utah Jazz season. Larry H. Miller Dealerships donating $50 for each assist to Larry H. Miller Charities. We are driven by you tonight. The Jazz had <clears throat> 23 assists, PK, excuse me, uh, led by, let's see here, Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley both had five assists apiece. Royce O'Neal had three. Uh, Joe Ingles tonight with uh, three assists. PK, we haven't talked much about Joe. He came out, out to a really strong start, but he um, not so productive in the second half, particularly in the fourth quarter. It's it's interesting how his play has come and gone this series a little bit. Yeah, I think that when he's called upon to be more of a, not the primary, but more of a, of a primary role offensively, he's responded. And then when he's not, and he knows that the team doesn't need him, really to score as much he hasn't so it's almost been a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy by himself and with the assists being down um you know they were on their way to 32 assists uh, in the first half you know with the assists being down in the second half uh, you know maybe joe doesn't quite get those open looks he got at the very beginning of the game and credit denver for adjusting the way they were playing defensively and staying home on shooters a little bit better but you know joe is the benefit of that ball movement oftentimes and i feel like the ball moved as well in the second half no no it did not and Denver had the greater sense of urgency. That's just the reality of it. The Jazz played like they got two other opportunities. Denver played like they got zero. And so the Jazz need to match and actually exceed Denver's intensity on Thursday afternoon, which I think they'll do, and I think they'll be okay. I can't guarantee it, but that's my thought right now, that they'll be able to do that at that time because they know, all right, we squandered it. We really didn't have the intensity that we needed for the full 48. Now let's regroup, go watch some film. I'm sure they'll do it tomorrow and all that stuff, and then get back at it on Thursday. Uh, The Nuggets, big-time players were big-time tonight, no doubt. Jamal Murray, the story of the game, 42 points on 17 of 26 shooting, 4 of 8 from 3, 8 rebounds, 8 assists. He was just uh, terrific tonight. Nikola Jokic, 31 points. 12 of 19 shooting, six rebounds, and four assists. And Jokic did most of that damage, PK, in the first quarter, but it was when his team came out flat. And he really, uh, the the Jazz were up, what was it, 16 to 6 at one point there, and a timeout from Mike Malone. And then Jokic came out and and was just on fire and actually had the Nuggets leading by the end of the first quarter. So it's exactly what his team needed at the time and gave Jamal Murray time to get himself going. So, you know, maybe not a lot of that damage coming in uh, the second half or really after the first quarter, but it's exactly what his team needed. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's totally what they needed. And he was ready to go. I mean, he hits that runner uh, to beat the clock there at the end from three. And so um, it was an incredible shot. A player that big on the move, one off of one foot, there's not many guys who can do that in this league. And he's one of them. And so that's where you got to credit just the two stars for Denver. They play the stars that they are. Yeah, they did, and they were terrific. And the, the, there's a reason that Denver was the number three seed in the West and had a really, excuse me, good year. They had a really good uh, good year last year, uh, almost getting to the Western Conference Finals. Right, they were uh, they were beat by Portland in a really exciting series. But we forget that that Denver wins a lot of ball games. They're a good team. They're missing a, a couple of guys, and uh, their defense still is 
is not uh, terrific. I, I felt like it, the, what happened in the Jazz in the second half had more to do with what we're talking about here, losing focus, that sort of thing, than it did really any major adjustment that Denver made on defense. But you got to remember, they're a good team. This is the NBA playoffs. And, and I admitted this earlier in the show, PK, I was a little guilty of thinking Denver would be ready to, to, uh, to get going and get out of this circumstance being down 3-1. But that I couldn't have been uh, further from the case. I mean, they, they played hard. They wanted it. And they've got uh, stars that are really good. Uh, Jamal Murray has, has been extremely impressive in this playoff series, regardless of the outcome. I mean, he's a guy with a with a real future ahead of him, and you can see why Denver's building around these two players. I mean, they're not perfect two-way players by any means, but we're, they're really, really good at what they do. Yeah, I think for Denver's sake, they are really good, and then what you need is to, to complement them with guys who are more defensive-oriented because they can carry offensively. Porter Jr. can make some shots, obviously, and Grant's good enough offensively as a third, fourth option, and then they need some defensive guys. Now, they got a couple of defensive guys that are not in the game right now and have some injuries, but that's what led them to be as competitive as they are. They don't have them now. We'll see if Harris returns on what Thursday uh, Barton's out of the bubble so I don't think he's going to I think he's done for the season yeah I think so too unless they make an extended run I guess and get really hot uh, but yeah that's what makes Denver as good as they are is they've got components and most of the time you know you need your role players to pitch in but the stars are going to take you as far as you can go and for two games the two Denver stars have been great off the charts great and they've won both ball games can both of those games can they do it some more remains to be seen my guess is probably not probably not four times out of seven just keeping an eye on the other game going on right now pk and boy it's the western conference playoffs just just great these matchups in the first round have just been terrific uh, you, you hope that uh, the rest of the playoffs will follow suit with these good series but uh, tied up in two games apiece the clippers in control over the mavericks right now pk 60 to 42 and uh, I, we talked a lot about this on our show. I'm not, not sure how much you guys hit it, but, I mean, if you look outside of Luka Doncic and with Kristaps Porzingis not playing for the Mavericks, that roster, it, it's rough. I can't believe they got that win over the Clippers the other night. And it looks like the Clippers are kind of waking up and thinking, you know, oh, yeah, we have Kawhi Leonard and, and Paul George. We should probably be winning these games. Yeah, I think that you look at the Mavericks, Dantage is a superstar, only 21, mind-boggling how good he is already and how good he can become. Uh, and then they've got a bunch of role players without Porzingis. And to those role players' credit, Trey Burke, I'm talking about you, and obviously Seth Curry is, an, is another one of them. Uh, probably a couple more guys. I don't have the box score in front of me. Uh, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. is another one. Those guys had great games, and so they were able to win that thrilling game on Sunday. Great for the league to capture some attention on basketball. I know these players want to talk about other stuff, and we heard Donovan give an extended, wasn't a response to a question that was asked. It was more him just bringing it all up about the Wisconsin situation. I assume these guys have researched everything and, and come to us prepared rather than just speaking off the cuff, and that's what they want to talk about, where a lot of folks in, the, in basketball fans want to talk about basketball, and these games are giving us stuff to talk about because these games have been really good. Sunday's game is probably the best game that we've had. And uh, the Jazz have had some good games too, but Doncic hitting that shot and a star and all that stuff. But, yeah, I think the Clippers are going to take this. Obviously, they're up right now 21 points with five minutes to go in the second quarter. So, in my mind, they're the better team. In my mind, they're the best team in the league. 
Uh, PK, you have family down in Phoenix and uh, keep one eye down on the on the sports scene down there. Should Robert Sarver be forced to sell the team for uh, making his team pick DeAndre Ayton instead of Luka Doncic? Uh, well, at least he took Ayton. Uh, Sacramento took <laughs> Marvin uh, Bagley. Marvin Bagley, Oof. yeah, that, which, you know, Ayton uh, stands like a chance where he could be a decent player. I'm not sure about Bagley, but, yeah, obviously that was – that was and the thing about the Suns is they had the number one pick. Yep. And they had Igor, the Jazz His coach. assistant who yeah. coached. <laughs> yeah. And knew about this kid. And I didn't believe it. I didn't believe that a foreign player that young would be this good. I wasn't I just didn't think so. I thought no, he didn't grow and, I, and that that's my US snobbishness. I gotta come totally clean thinking he didn't grow up in the AAU system. He didn't grow up playing American ball. He didn't grow up playing college at least one year. So come on, man. He was playing against those lesser guys. Sure he dominated, but so what? Ricky Rubio was all that over there. Not that Rubio's a bad player by any stretch, but I don't think Rubio should have been drafted ahead of Stephen Curry, which is what happened so that's what i was thinking but man you talk about being wrong <laughs> yeah i was you can't be any more wrong yeah. than obviously what i was and a lot of people were and i went the even though technically ayton's not an american he's from the bahamas right uh but he played obviously at arizona Although, obviously, you play at Arizona. That prepares you for nothing. That just prepares you how to cheat. I mean, we, we know that. Cut corners. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But Donson's just unbelievable talent at 21 years of age, man. It, it, he looks like whatever you can accomplish this game, he's going to do. That's what I say, man. That's what I love pro sports. They just reinvent themselves over and over again because we get new talent comes along. Good Jamal Murray. He went seventh. You know, DJ likes to redraft guys, and I think we all do. We look at the draft. I'd have to look and see when Jamal came in, who drafted ahead of him. But seventh, and he's got 92 points in two consecutive playoff games. My guess is there would be other guys, and I don't know off the top of my head who they were, that you would say, wait a second, Jamal Murray should have gone higher than that. It's amazing. These guys do this full time, and you're never really sure. But Doncic, man, what a fun player to watch. He's like a combination of Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. Well, and that's certainly high praise coming from you, PK. That's your that's your wheelhouse right there. That's the generation you came. Well, up with. magic. Uh, yeah, your guy. Hey, let's go back magic to magic is my guy. Let's go back to Orlando. Uh, Mike Malone is addressing the media. All right, we'll go ahead and get started here. We'll open up for questions. We'll start with uh, Katie Wingy. Katie, go ahead. Coach, describe what we saw from Jamal Murray and the way that he took over the game for you guys in the second half. Yeah, just more more of the same, Katie. Uh, obviously, uh, in, in the last game, he scored 50 points, uh, unfortunately, in a losing effort. Uh, I could tell after the game of game four, our guys were not ready to go home. I could tell that yesterday. I could tell that this morning. Uh, and Jamal, when the game was on the line, took over. Uh, Nicola got us off to a great start, 21-point first quarter. Uh, but down the stretch, um, Jamal embraces a moment. He's not afraid of it. Some people run away from those moments. He he, he looks for them. And uh, without Jamal Murray's play, and not even just the points, but his attitude, that swagger, that confidence, that is contagious to all of our other players. So, uh, And he made a lot of really important big plays, not just scoring. I thought the corner pass to Nicola for the three was uh, was a dagger. Uh, which helped kind of close the deal. But 
42, 8, and 8. Uh, the young man is growing up and turning into a superstar on the biggest stage, and uh, couldn't be more proud of him. All right, next we'll go to Mike Singer. Mike, go ahead. Hey, Michael, the 44 points you allowed in the second half to Utah, can that be a blueprint for how to defend them moving forward? Yeah, it better be, you know, because next game is same, same thing, win or go home. Uh, that, that was great to see, 44 points, only 41% from the field, and they had scored 13 fast break points in the first half. They had zero in the second half. So uh, we knew that we, we just couldn't keep on trying to outscore this team. At some point in time, we'd have to play some defense. Uh, I thought B.J. Dozier was phenomenal tonight, unsung hero, uh, and talk about a guy, a young player being a pro, did not play at all in the last game, didn't pout, didn't feel sorry for himself. He came in, his size, his physicality, I thought really helped us guard their, their backcourt. Uh, and Michael Porter off the bench, 34 minutes, uh, was phenomenal as well. And you know those late game minutes on a playoff game are really gonna help in speeding up his development. All right, next we'll go to Kendra Andrews. Kendra, go ahead. Michael, you mentioned Jamal's swagger as you called it. Where, from just coaching him, where do you think that comes from? And then how important is it to have a guy like that on your team, especially in these win or go home moments? So another two part question. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think it's, it's, you know, you have to give Jamal's family, his mother and father, a lot of credit. Uh, Jamal has a, uh, an, an inner confidence and there's just something about him. I, I remember when he was a rookie, the first time I saw it, or we were losing to Chicago at home. And the first time I saw it, uh, I saw him start slinging arrows all over the place. He took over and you could see he fed off the, the energy of the crowd. Um, and he's, he's always had that. He came to us with that. He's a big game player. And uh, I think in these playoffs, he's even making more of a name for himself in that regard. So, um, but we have a lot of work to do. Obviously this was a very important win for us to stay here and keep this series alive, you know, but, you know, we, we have to go out there and find a way to get game six and force that decide in game seven. And uh, Jamal and Nicole will be the keys to, uh, to us continuing doing that. All right, next we'll go to Harrison Wind. Harrison, go ahead. I believe you guys were down 15 in the third and uh, it, it looked like it could be slipping away for a second. What are you just telling your guys in the huddle there? Yeah, you know, I could tell. I think early in the third, Harris, I called the timeout. They hit a couple of threes, extended the lead, and I, and I could see the body language a little bit. I could see the head is dropping. I, I, I sensed that our bench was kind of getting really quiet. And so that timeout wasn't to draw up a fancy play. It was to, uh, to let our guys know there's a lot of time left, and we have to fight to get out of it. We have to defend to get out of it and, uh, and, and make sure we stayed engaged. Uh, I, I did not want to walk out of Orlando uh, with our heads bowed down, feeling sorry for ourselves. Not, not in my nature. So just demanding them to play hard, demanding them to keep on fighting, to stay together, and they did it. I mean, our players deserve all the credit. They went out there and played an extraordinary second half. And uh, again, uh, we know Utah will be ready in game six. We'll, we'll need an even better effort uh, in our next meeting with them. All right, we have time for one more here, and we'll end with Rod Mackey. Rod, go ahead. Coach, as you walked up before this thing started, I could see, you know, ear to ear the grin. You talked earlier today about all you've had to overcome. No one's had a road to Orlando like the Nuggets have. Do moments like this make you go, boy, it was all worth it. I know it's only one game. I know you still have two to win. But uh, 
to see the performance from your guys. And you said they wouldn't quit. They sure didn't. Yeah, I'm proud of them. You know, I mean, it's uh, uh, it hasn't been easy, but that, that's why a win like this is that much more rewarding, uh, Rod. Uh, and what what I also got a lot of uh, satisfaction in is you looked at that group that finished the game, and we rode the third end of the third and the whole fourth quarter with the same group uh, for the most part. Jamal Murray and Nicole Jokic, we know they're a huge part of our future. Uh, Jeremy Grant, we we're so excited to get him. And now hopefully we can bring him back. He's such a big part of what we're trying to do. And then Michael Porter, again, meaningful minutes on both ends of the floor. I thought he was tremendous on defense tonight. He's growing up. He's taking it, that challenge personally. So uh, for all the Nuggets fans at home, I think that to close the game, it was a great win. But just look at the potential. That group is a young group. 25 years old, 25 years old, 23 years old, 22 years old. You know, it's, if that group continues to work together and mature, I think we have a tremendously high ceiling. All right, Coach, that'll do it. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, that's Nuggets head coach Mike Malone as the Nuggets come out on top of the Jazz tonight, 117 to 107. want to remind you to go where love takes you in the completely all-new redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now, Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Coming up next, we'll get PK's final thoughts before we close the book on this one and look forward to Game 6. It's all straight ahead here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. The Nuggets beat the Jazz tonight, one seventeen to one oh seven. Jake Scott, Patrick Kinahan with you. Jazz still lead in the series, three games to two. One thing uh, stood out to me about what we heard from Mike Malone in the last segment there, PK. Uh, asked if what they did defensively in the second half, if they figured something out, and they would uh, they would uh, keep that up in Game Six. And he said. I hope so, because that game's going to be do or die as well. Yeah, uh, I think that the, the sense of urgency was greater. Now I think the sense of urgency will be the same, because the Jazz don't want a seventh game. Obviously, they do not. That, even if you win it, it doesn't look good for you, your chances in the second round. So they want to finish it off more so Thursday than they did tonight. So that sense of urgency, which I think was the contributing factor in Denver's defense and the contributing factor in the lack of BYU or BYU, where did I get that? <laughs> Although Utah's stellar play. I'm looking at something right now. Here I got up on the uh, screen. And so with that in mind, I expect a much better effort. Yeah. I mean, it took a supreme effort by their two stars to win this game. And the reality is I don't think the Jazz are good enough to beat any playoff team four straight. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's very difficult to do. And Denver is good. You're 100% right. Uh, let's get to your three-point takeover sp- sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. And uh, I felt like PK in the first half, the Jazz got up a ton of threes. In the second half, not so much. They finished the game at 16 to 34. The percentage is good. 47.1%, but I do felt I, I felt like they got a little away from it in the second half and like to see more attempts uh, from three, which seems crazy because uh, 34 is uh, a lot. It, just five years ago, that seemed like a lot, but they had been in the 40s kind of in the first part of this series, and that was their strategy to make up for Bogdanovich. So want to see those attempts go up a little bit more. And Joe Ingles with three of six. I loved it the other game. PK, what was it, game two where he got up 12? I love that from your boy, Joe. Yeah. But uh, the attempts need to go up a little bit. 
Yeah, I think they got away from what they do offensively. That's why I say they got too casual yeah. in that third quarter. They were doing things that were likely not going to work, and it was not jazz basketball that got them the 3-1 lead. And they paid – they didn't pay the ultimate price, but they paid a decent price. Yeah, they did, and and they're going to have another game as a result uh, where they're going to have to go finish it off as opposed to uh, resting. Or David Locke said he was planning on going on a hike on Thursday that's getting canceled. You know, I don't know if they were playing golf or whatever, but they're going to have to come back out and figure out a way to regain that focus and uh, and regain that intensity. And uh, I would guess uh, hearing Quinn Snyder talk during postgame, uh, PK, that's going to be something he's going to be uh, hitting pretty hard uh, in their off day tomorrow. Yeah, and I think they'll know it anyway. He'll hit it, but they already know it going in. All right, PK, let's get a couple final thoughts uh, from you before we uh, put this baby to bed and look forward to game six. Well, I don't want to say forget about it, but as Mike Conley said, learn from it. This is a team that's in the developmental process still, and so learn from it. Learn from it now when it didn't cost you a huge price, And and I think they will. They'll understand what it's all about. And really focus in on, you know, I, I, and I, I know that this other stuff is just as important. If, in fact, it's more important, as Donovan Mitchell said. I get all that. And I know most people don't want to discuss it on our air, uh, certainly now. But I, my point is, try to focus on basketball uh, as much as you can, as much as you think it's worthy. Because that is the task at hand, and that's what you're getting paid for. That's what you're getting paid millions for. So go ahead and and really focus on that, and then I think they'll get the job done on Thursday. PK, thanks for your work today. Really appreciate you, and we'll be dialed in tomorrow morning. I know you and DJ will be hitting this one hard from 6 to 10. Okay, very good. Thank you. All right, that's uh, Patrick Kinahan. Catch him tomorrow morning alongside David James. Want to remind you to go where love takes you. And the all-new, completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final from the bubble in Orlando. The Nuggets beat the Jazz 117-107. to 107. Jazz still have a three games to two lead in the series. Game six, another chance for the Jazz to close it out. Coming your way Thursday afternoon. That game will tip off in Orlando at two. Pre-game will be get at one. And, of course, you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.